Each year, more than 12 million people will hear the same three devastating words. You have cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein, a survivor of pediatric kidney cancer and stage four colon cancer. My amazing wife, Linda, has taught me that we have cancer because every one of us is affected by it in some way. Survivors, family, friends, and medical and support team members. And we all have a story worth telling. Welcome to We Have Cancer. Welcome to episode 109 of We Have Cancer. Thank you so much for joining me. A little bit under the weather as I'm recording this, fighting the tail end of a, of a little bit of a cold. So my apologies for the sound of my voice. And I'm a week out of upcoming uh, lung surgery on my right lung. You know, we call the show We Have Cancer for multiple reasons. The we acknowledging that we are all touched by this disease in some way, shape, or form. And that includes me. Sometimes I neglect to update uh, the audience on what's happening with me. I just, you know, sit here and play podcast host. But I, too, have for almost eight years now been uh, in my own stage for cancer battle with colorectal cancer, and that's the reason for the upcoming surgery. And I say upcoming as I'm recording this because this episode will come out on December 4th. My surgery is on November 19th, so as you listen to this, uh, I'll be in full-on recovery mode and hopefully doing well. Uh, but would appreciate and welcome uh, any re- uh, wishes or contact. Uh, I know I'll have uh, run through my share of Netflix and Amazon Prime episodes. So if you want to give me a shout out, Lee at wehavecancershow.com is the email. And of course, all in social media, Instagram and Twitter at We Have Cancer Pod, or you can find find us on Facebook under We Have Cancer as well, or directly to my personal Facebook account at Lee Silverstein. My guest this week is Giovanna Portillo. Giovanna uh, lives in Arizona and at the age of 34 was diagnosed with lung cancer. And this diagnosis happened by accident. It actually happened because of an accident. And I'll let Giovanna share the rest of that story with you. But you can find Giovanna. She's most active on Instagram. Her Instagram handle is a little bit long, so let me share that with you. It is at AZ for Arizona, so AZ Hiker Yogi Runner. One more time on Instagram, Yovana is AZ Hiker Yogi Runner. I know you'll enjoy not only following her on Instagram, but you'll also enjoy hearing her inspiring story. So join me now for that conversation with Yovana Portillo. Yovana, welcome to the podcast. How are you this evening? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Lee. I appreciate it. Oh. Uh, I'm excited because uh, I was talking to Chris Davis from the Lung Cancer Alliance, and I said, who do you have that has an inspiring story? And and he didn't even, like, take a pause. He immediately gave me your name. So uh, obviously you've made an impression. <laughs> That's awesome to hear, yes. I, uh, I've met Chris uh, in July when I was out in D.C. advocating for lung cancer. And so Oh, okay. So let me – Good. So we'll get back to that in just a second. 
but it was interesting. I was looking at your story, Yvonne, and you know, I've I've done many of these interviews, and it seems like most of the, the time people wind up being diagnosed for one of two reasons: either they suddenly have some sort of physical symptoms, and you know, they go to their doctor, and the diagnosis happens, or like me they were sent for just a routine screening for whatever reason. Mine was, hey, you're 50, go get a colonoscopy. I'm like, okay, and come to find out I have colon cancer. Yours wasn't either of those. No. Yours, happ- yours happened truly by accident, that didn't it? correct, yes. Tell us what happened. So I was actually living about two hours away from the city, from Phoenix. Um, But I was in town a weekend because I had friends. Being in your early 30s, you have friends that are getting married and having babies. So I was in town for a baby shower. And I I was going to carpool with my sister. So we were on our way to a baby shower, and we were in a car accident. And just as a precautionary precaution, we went to the ER just to get checked out. I had suffered whiplash and my neck was really sore. So I just wanted to get it checked out. So we went to the ER and they said, nope, no broken bones. It it looks like it's soft tissue damage. Maybe you'll need some uh, PT, physical therapy. But, you know, when you go and look for stuff, you might find something. And actually, there's a mass in your left lung that you might want to get checked out. And so this was on a Saturday. On Monday morning, I'm calling my primary. And I'm like, I was in a car accident over the weekend. They found a mass in my lung. And what do we do now? And so from there, I was referred to a pulmonologist. And the last thing that anybody thought that it could possibly be was lung cancer. And I live in Arizona. and um, Belly fever is a common illness that you checked out for belly fever. In this process, I had I had previously applied to the Peace Corps and had been invited to serve. And they do a TB test, skin test on you. And they had done that and it had come back positive. So they had, uh, I had gone through treatment, oral treatment to treat the latent TB. And I was, so after the accident and I saw my primary, I was like, does this have anything to do with the TB? And he was like, no, it it shouldn't have anything to do with that. That's a separate issue, but let's get this figured out. So I was referred to a pulmonologist. It did take me about three, three months, two months to see her just as a new patient, you know, you know how the healthcare. So for two months, I'm wondering what's, what's going on with my lung. And I finally, when I finally met with her, she told me because of the location of it, it was like behind, it was on my left lung, but it was behind my heart. There was nothing she could do for me. So then she referred me to a surgeon, a thoracic surgeon. Uh, At the same time, she did request that I have a PET scan done. And all these, all these terms were new to me. I, (laughs) I did not realize how grave this could be. I was a little bit naive on that end because nobody in my family had ever been uh, diagnosed with any type of cancer. So even the term cancer was um, something new. And at this point, I had not been diagnosed. 
I, the PET scan came back, it did show activity. And um, then the surgeon requested uh, a biopsy to be done, a CT guided biopsy. Then that's when I got my diagnosis. On uh, July 5th of 2016, I received a phone call because again, I, I wasn't living in town, but all the doctors were here. And so I got a phone call and she said, it came back and it's cancerous cells. And I was, I was shocked because I myself had believed that the only way you could get lung cancer was if you smoked. And I had never smoked in my life. So I, I was guilty of believing in that stigma. And so I ended up moving back into the city and seeing what needed to be done. But I was like, let's do whatever you need to do, we'll do. So I had met with the surgeon and she said, I recommend surgery. We won't know how bad it is until we're in there. So I can't give you a diagnosis, like stage. I can't stage it for you until we're in surgery. And I was like, okay, well, how long do I have to think about it? Because I'm a thinker. I like to think things through. <laughs> of course, at the doctor's office, I, I didn't feel confident making a decision like on the spot. And so she said, you know, she said, take a few weeks. She's like, go get a second opinion if you'd like. She was like, go get a second opinion. She's like, just don't take months. She's like, because we don't know how aggressive it is. So we want to catch it before anything further happens. And when she recommended that I get a second opinion, I was like, sign me up for surgery. Like that gave me confidence in her. Just the fact that she was like, don't take my word for it. If you want to get a second opinion, go for it. And I was like, you know what? You are the surgeon for me. So let's go ahead, schedule surgery. So um, we, I had surgery. They removed the lower lobe of my left lung. I was um, staged as a stage 1B because it was contained to that lung and it was contained to that lobe. And this, the B is for the, the size of the tumor. So they took it out. She recommended I... She referred me to an oncologist to see if he would recommend adjuvant therapies. So I met with him. And because of my age and what I wanted to do with my life, because, <laughs> of course, in the back of my head, I still had the Peace Corps. And I, I was like, OK, let's do whatever is happening with the lung cancer. And yeah, let's get it done. And in the back of the head, my head, I'm like, but I'm going to do the Peace Corps. And so every time I met with a new doctor, I would tell them. I've been invited to serve in the Peace Corps. Is this going to impede my Peace Corps volunteer work? And so they were like, no, it shouldn't. So my, onco and my oncologist also knew that I, I, at some point, I'm like, I'm, I'm single, but I would like to have children in the future. And so I made that very apparent to the oncologist. And I think he took that to heart in his recommendation. So he came back and he said, your stage 1B is in a gray area. He said, and for you, because of your age, I think the side effects are going to be more harmful than beneficial. So I do not recommend that we do chemo or radiation. And I was like, okay. Had he recommended it, of course, I would have been like, okay, what do I need to do? 
because I have, <laughs> even before my diagnosis, I have this goal to make it to 100 years. So I'm like, I'm going to live to be 100 years old. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so it's like, whatever I need to do to get there, I'll do to get there. And so um, I love your attitude. But, um, thank you. So the I see my oncologist every six months. So I do have a six-month uh, CT scan follow-up. And yeah, a lot has happened since my diagnosis and surgery. And I thought when I notified HR that I was going to have lung surgery, that I had been diagnosed with lung cancer, I told them, um, I just need two weeks. I'll be I'm young and healthy. I'll be back in two weeks. And my HR department said, don't you worry, you take as much time as you need. And sure enough, two weeks later, I was at home, housebound. I couldn't find a comfortable position to sleep in. It would take me over an hour to walk a mile around my neighborhood, where before I had um, done two half marathons. And so I did not realize the impact wow. of lung surgery. And the fact that a lobe was taken from from my body. And I just thought I was going to go back to <laughs> my normal life. And that wasn't the case. So two weeks after, I'm at home. And then that's when it hit me mentally. And I was like, I need to talk to other people that have been through this. Because like I said, cancer was an anomaly. Like nobody in my family had ever experienced it before. And so we we did not, I did not realize what, how, what an impact it was going to have on my life and those around me. I often see people posting in the various Facebook groups talking about their struggle to stay hydrated. And if that applies to you, you should check out H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution. It's a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling with this issue of staying hydrated, either due to an ostomy or perhaps chemotherapy, H2ORS is something for you to consider. It'll really help replenish your fluids and electrolyte levels. As a matter of fact, it has three times the electrolytes of most of the popular sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavor, or artificial colors. My buddy Chris Shaw over at H2ORS is offering listeners of the podcast an opportunity to try a free sample of H2ORS. All you need to do is just go to their site, h2ors.com forward slash sample, and they'll ship a free sample out to you, no strings attached. And when you're ready to make your first purchase at h2ors.com, if you use the coupon code CCPOD, they'll give you 10% off your first order. Let me let me let me jump in real quick, Yovana, because I'm really curious to, to hear about you know the impact that it's had on your family. But uh, before it gets away from us, you you mentioned a word that that's sticking with me, and it was the word stigma. And me being a colon cancer patient, we have a stigma too that colon cancer is an old person's disease. Young people don't get colon cancer, which which unfortunately is not true. The stigma of lung cancer, T talk to me a little bit more about that because you said that you believed it too, that 
people only get lung cancer if they smoke. So right. have you run in have you run into issues where you've met people and kind of maybe not coming out and saying it, but you kind of picked up that they maybe just alluded to the fact that this is your fault. You must have smoked. Oh no, the people are very vocal about it. So the first, um, once I introduce myself and say, oh, "Hi, I'm Yovana Portillo. I'm a lung cancer survivor," and the first question, one of the first questions I will always get is, "Well, did you smoke?" And it's like, "Nope." I didn't. And even if I had, what does it matter? Like nobody should get this disease, period. And so that's like one of my causes now. It's like to help inform the general population that this is not a smoker's only disease. And it can happen to anyone. Like all you need is lungs. And so, yes, yes. So the, so, so the fact that nobody in your family had been through cancer and you were the first, how did that impact you in terms of, of get, receiving or trying to find support? Um, so the word cancer kind of became taboo in my home. <laughs> and, and then we would hear it like on TV or the radio, and then we would exchange weird looks. And it just got to a point where like, you know what? You can say it, yeah. If somebody does not wear sunblock, they could get skin cancer. Yes, it's fine, that's okay. I was diagnosed with lung cancer, that's fine. So I just like had to put it out there that it's okay. Like, cause I, I would get the, um, there was this scenario with my sister where she was talking about how um, my brother-in-law was not wearing sunscreen. And she's like, and I told him he's gonna end up with skin. And then she got like, she shut down. And I was like, cancer, he'll get skin cancer. And he's not proactive about it. And I was just like, oh, okay. I'm like, we can say it. We, let's not make the term taboo anymore. Um, but at that time. Were they doing that for your benefit or was this their personal thing? Yeah, I or, think it was. Just you know like what I mean? Awkward. Were they trying to. Yeah, I think it was awkward for them. And so I just had to put it to bed. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine. Like, we can still talk about it. People get different types of cancers, and I just happen to get lung cancer, so be it. But um, yes, I needed to find other people that I could relate to because I couldn't relate to anybody. As helpful as my family and my friends were, I could not relate to them. And so I ended up Googling a lung cancer support group in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, one populated. And there was at the Cancer Support Community of Arizona, and they met one summer. And I was like, I was on the phone and I'm like, <laughs> I want to meet with this lung cancer group. And um, I've been meeting with them ever since. And this group let me know that everything that I was experiencing was normal because of course, I didn't know anybody else that had had lung surgery before either. And so all the symptoms were new to me and it just, I couldn't believe that I wasn't so quick to get back to my normal life. And it took a lot to uh, understand that I wasn't gonna have the life that I had before, but I could work towards getting as close to that as I possibly could. And the cancer community <laughs> holds a big part of my heart. They be, they've become like a second family to me. 
because I've done everything there. I before cancer, <laughs> I was I, I was running, I was hiking, I was doing yoga, and um, after cancer and uh, my lung surgery, I I was kind of like homebound, and I'm like I need to I want to get back to being active. And uh, once I went to the cancer support community, they had yoga, gentle yoga classes. And I was like, oh, I love yoga. <laughs> and so I was back into being physically active. And so that was very beneficial for me. And the instructors were awesome because I was like, I can't do the deep breath. And I could do it a month ago. And they're like, honey, you just had lung surgery. It's okay. <laughs> You'll be fine. And yeah, they've become, they're, they're a great group and a great home. And yeah, they're like my second family. It's my second house. I felt like I was there like every day uh, for the first year. And um, a year later, I was like, okay, I'm in a good place. And I started volunteering for them. So I do volunteer work for them now. But um, yeah, always, always. And I just believe God like introduces you to the right people at the right time, you know? Like God has a plan for me. And um, like I had mentioned before, I thought the Peace Corps was God's plan for me. But um, God told me that wasn't the case. <laughs> he was like, you, not? you wanted a cause? Here you go. Lung cancer. This is your cause. What are you going to do with it? And it took me a year after surgery to realize that I had been so, so, so uh, fortunate to have had this car accident. I'm like, God was looking out for me because had I not had that car accident, I would have been like in a third world country with active cancer growing inside of me. So I had this car accident. It led me into a different life. And of course, a cause does not become personal until it, it is personal to you. You know, five years ago, if you would have told me, oh, no, are you going to be a lung cancer advocate? I've been like, no, why would I be a lung cancer advocate? But now, as a lung cancer survivor, it's like I feel like it's my duty to, like I said, inform the general population that all you need is a pair of lungs to get this disease and help end the stigma associated with it because I've been a victim of the stereotype as well. But I was also guilty, like I said, of believing in it. And so now I met Chris in, in July because there is a national advocate meeting in D.C. So that's where I met Chris Davis with the Lung Cancer Alliance. So now I work with different organizations regarding lung cancer. And it's like if I can help one person change their thought or mind process as to who, who this disease affects, than doing something for the lung cancer community. How do you, if you look back these last two years or so, Yovana, how has this whole experience changed you as a person? It has taught me that sometimes you need to listen to your body. Because <laughs> I feel like, and I feel like sometimes we're harder on ourselves than anybody else. And so it's taught me to be more patient because I had to be patient with my body and let it heal because I wanted to go run um, 
Six months after my lung surgery, I had uh, registered for my third half marathon. And so when I had gone in to see my oncologist, like three months after surgery, I was like, um, my left lung is kind of sore. And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I'm training for my third half marathon. And he was like, you can't be running. <laughs> he's like, you had major surgery. You need to take a step back. You need to let your body heal. And I was like, well, I'm already registered. Can I walk it? he's like sure <laughs> go ahead walk it and so uh six months after lung cancer surgery i i walked uh my third half marathon and uh, i had my part of my yogis my yogi family from the cancer sport community they're cheering me on uh with billboards and signs so that was really nice and i even was able to inspire somebody else and he told and he's also a cancer survivor um, and he said, if you can do this, missing half of a lung, six months after lung surgery, he's like, I'm coming back next year and doing it with you. And I, and I'm like, I didn't take him for his word because I'm like, who's going to go from never running to doing a half marathon in a year span? But sure enough, um, he did. So the fourth, my fourth half marathon he um he did it with me and that was uh, this past january and i was like go go dave that was he's like no, awesome. my word <laughs> so yeah just being able to inspire others and then that's when i realized that that's what my calling was that that's what god's plan for me was so my relationship um i've always i'm a cradle catholic so I've always been religious in one way, shape, or form or another. But um, a year after my surgery, I was looking for community. And so I ended up finding like a Catholic singles community here locally. And so now I'm like really active with that group as well. And um, yeah, my faith has been great. And I have nothing but praise for God because I, I definitely know that he's looked out for me this whole time. And it's like, of course, my plan was not the same plan as God's plan, but God's plan has been a lot better. So I just have to go with it. What is, what is it the the saying I once heard? I'm, I'm gonna mess this up, but we make plans and God laughs. Yes, <laughs> something like that, right? Yes, of course. Yes, yes. Well, I, I I truly admire your 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 positive attitude. Just just comes right through, crystal clear. And I know, Yvonne, other people will listen to this interview and hear your enthusiasm, uh, your your zest for life and your, your attitude. And I know that that's going to impact uh, you know, other people. Um, I know it already has. You, look, if you can inspire someone who's never run to do a half marathon a year later, that's a hell of an inspiration. <laughs> So good for you. If if someone were to, you know, listen to this conversation who maybe they were recently diagnosed with lung cancer and are feeling a little bit down, a little bit lost, um, what words of advice would you have for someone like that? There's that there's always hope at the end of the tunnel. And even though at that time uh, with the original diagnosis or 
right out of surgery, everything is so new and everything hurts and everything's different, um, it will get better. It will get better. And look for, look, I'm a people person, so I needed that face interaction when I was looking for a support group because I know that there are like a lot of online support groups and I had tried them, but I needed to make that connection person to person. And I've made great friends. I have great friends that are also on cancer survivors and we see each other outside of our monthly meetings and we're in touch by text. We have threads going on and we check in on each other regularly. So it's important to build up a community that will support you. Each case is different, but there's so many advances right now. Not enough, which is part of why I was in D.C. over the summer. But talk. make sure that you, that you trust your medical team, that, you can, that they're relatable. If not, go, go get that second opinion. There's nothing wrong with the second opinion. I know one of the guys in my lung cancer support group, he's like, I got eight second opinions. He's like, and I'm okay with it. He's like, I needed to make sure I felt that connection with my doctor. And so go, you need to become your own advocate. And I think that's what um, is so hard at the beginning because everything is new, all the terms, all the tests. And so, yeah, just become, and you'll become more knowledgeable with it as you're, you're progressing. That's great advice. Yovana, where can people find you online, social media, whatever? Yes, I do have a public Instagram account and that I, I use for advocacy. It's azhikeryogirunner, and that's my Instagram account. I, I also have a Twitter account, and it is A-S-U-X-F-I-N. Yeah, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. I know I've made some connections with other survivors on my social media platforms as well. Great. Well, Yvonne, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come on the show and and share your story. Uh, Like I said uh, a moment ago, I know that this is going to inspire other people. I know uh, clearly you've already done that and you're going to continue to do that. Uh, Most importantly, I wish you continued good scans, good health, and uh, all the best in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Me as well. You be, be well. Thank you, you as well. Thank you for listening to We Have Cancer, and thank you to our sponsors, H2ORS and the Colon Cancer Coalition, for your support. We Have Cancer is a proud supporter of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer.